0: listener. Welcome back to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. I'm Emma Joyce, Broadsheet's Features Editor, and I host this short guide to Sydney. In today's episode, Broadsheet Editorial Director Katja Vactel sits down with the founder of beauty and skincare website Bambi, It's an Australian platform where you will find fragrances, makeup, serums, and all sorts of beauty products that are cruelty-free, environmentally friendly, and from brands that have proven sustainable practices. But first, we're doing a fashion deep dive with shopping editor Alice Jeffrey. Alice has picked out three Australian fashion designers who've caught our attention with their debut collections. We've challenged shopping editor Alice Jeffrey, who gets hundreds of emails about new product launches and fashion labels to watch, to pin down three homegrown brands that we should all have on our radar. Can we start with one Sydney designer, Alex Higgins, who was named the Emerging Designer of the Year at the Australian Fashion Laureate Ceremony in Sydney
1: this month? I think that what everyone loves about Alex Higgins is that he kind of has taken this Y2K that's sort of trending in a way, but like the nostalgia of living our lives online, mm-hmm. but like pre-Instagram living our yeah, lives online. Yeah, my it's MySpace, it's Tumblr. MySpace, it's Tumblr. It's, it's kind of that, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just a millennial thing that it feels very nostalgic, but I think it's also hitting at a time where Gen Z are really loving sort of this late 90s, early 90s renaissance in style. And um, yeah, he's kind of just doing some interesting things that you aren't necessarily seeing everywhere sort of slogans and logo pieces but not with his brand name I think we've like we've seen logo mania from you know all of the big names in fashion over the last 10 years and this is more like kind of tongue-in-cheek little um, snippets little words things like baby yeah exactly I've heard that the pieces have sort of hidden messages almost in them that they have these little logos on the outside but there's also within the fabric whether it's on the inside or on a tag there's something that's kind of just for the wearer and it's like a little extra message and I think it's that real personal touch coming back to fashion that like it's not like there's tens of thousands of these products sitting in a warehouse somewhere being sold for dead cheap there's craft in there but it's also that thinking that makes them special.
0: It's a genderless collection as well. I think that's a really important one to mention. And I loved this description that's on a broadsheet story. It says, the digital print treatment across the surface of his fabrics give the impression the clothes are traveling at warp speed.
1: Yeah, definitely has that kind of like digital world, are you inside a game kind of almost vibe to the pieces.
0: I could tell you didn't want to say Matrix. (laughs) Yeah. There is something about it that has that kind of, as you mentioned, the Y2K nostalgia. But in a fun, it's it's very fun. There are items that look like they're slightly ripped or torn. There are things that, um, there are tank tops that look like they've kind of been partially stained, but with a crocodile pattern across it.
1: They're cool, but they still feel accessible and like you can wear them and, you know, bring them into your wardrobe. And um, I think sometimes at least fashion can feel almost a bit, too cool when it's on the runway for someone to really translate into their everyday wardrobe but um the silhouettes are still like there's polo shirt there's t-shirts there's i think hoodies in the collection depending on the season and the treatment is very fun and interesting but they are still core pieces in a way to be um worn day in and day out
0: they're very very playful and so the website if you want to check it out is alexhiggins.com and it's alex with an i Pantalon is another Sydney label by Lara Burnell. You interviewed Lara recently. What does she say about her personal style and why she's using that to create clothing for her brand?
1: Yeah, I think for Lara, um, her design approach is very much about having these pieces that are exactly the way she would want them and the gaps. I think that's like, you know, kind of a stock standard line from designers. It's, I saw a gap in my wardrobe and I wanted to fill it. But I think that Lara is super passionate about. The way things fit in particular and the details of garments that then mean um so her her core kind of and key style is a pair of pants and that's kind of where the name of the label comes from. And when I interviewed her, she was very quick to sort of say that for her it's about having a invisible zip at the back, so that you have a really seamless silhouette at the front, you don't have Wide leg pants with pleats have really been trending, but they can feel a little bit clunky sometimes depending on the silhouette you want. So I think her pieces are very much minimalist, but that doesn't mean they're boring. She sort of has some in a metallic colorway at the moment for the end of year party wear type pieces to add to your wardrobe.
0: They're definitely party pants.
1: Definitely party pants. And then she also has a mini skirt out at the moment in that similar fabric that again, the lines are very clean. She does work with end-of-stock fabrics, so they there is a limited edition kind of vibe to the pieces that once that's gone, she might reissue the silhouette, but it'll be in a different fabric. So I think that's also what makes it really special, again, this idea of slow fashion and having things that you're really excited to buy and keep in your wardrobe for years to come.
0: As you said, super limited. She's working with deadstock or... Or material that's no longer being used by other designers or other companies and she kind of has this soft spot for like 1960s London and Paris which are, you can really see in the particularly in the pant shape that she's going with it's not very now but it's very timeless
1: She also has always had this real fascination with print media and the idea of magazines and how kind of, I guess, the craft of print media um, that we, you know, are maybe losing a little bit more in 2023, but um, the timelessness, I guess, that sometimes a magazine can hold when you put an issue together that's really, you know, gorgeous and well-made and she kind of calls each of her collections issues and plays into that narrative of storytelling. And I think even in her photography, you can tell it's its kind of lo-fi, but it's still very polished and
0: kind of has a 90s look to it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's, you know, something we're noticing across the board in fashion. But I think the way Lara's doing it is less overt than, you know, some of the other trending pieces that we've seen dare I say it, low-rise jeans and cargo pants. <laughs> With the fit of her pants, she's very specific about the fact they sit just below your belly button, kind of to a mid-to-high rise, not too high. Obviously, every human is different, every different, but I think in her mind that's kind of the most flattering place for them to sit to. Also, every piece in the collection kind of matches up like a puzzle, like the halter to top, it falls to the right hem to meet the pants, And I think she's very considered in that way that the pieces all work together. So you can kind of create a nice little story there or you can just dip in and out and have a really great pair of pants or a really cool sparkly miniskirt.
0: I think that Moonrise sparkle that she's got from the pants and also the miniskirt are just the standout pieces to me. If you want to check it out, it's at pantalonstore.com. And finally, we have a Melbourne brand called Onward. They're a smarter, chunkier platform sandal than perhaps the Birkenstocks or Tevas if you're wearing something like that at the moment.
1: So designer Rob Maniscalco is behind Onward and yeah I think you're right we've seen this kind of growth of quote-unquote ugly shoes over the last few years and that was you know Proud of putting Birkenstocks on the runway. It was Balenciaga's dad sneakers. I think it's kind of like evolved beyond those pieces. That the hiking kind of silhouette of, like you said, the Teva or um, Suicoke is a Japanese brand that does a similar Velcro piece. And Onwards feel kind of like an elevated take on that. That particularly in the colors, the fact it does literally have a chunky sole. I think you could swap them out for a pair of heels instead of maybe feeling a bit more casual. Um, or even, you know, beachy when you're kind of in a slide. What's really fun about them is that the inspiration kind of comes from Australian landscapes and you can see that in the colour, you can see that in even the silhouette of the um, sole. It's not just a platform solid sole, it's kind of got some... Um, curves to it.
0: They're, they're more attractive, let's say, than this ugly shoe trend that we've been seeing. And I am one to partake in that ugly shoe trend. I love a practical flat that feels like something that could wear to the beach and can wear to the bar. And I'm not buying more than one shoe to do that.
1: Yeah. And I think it's that whole idea that like utility in our wardrobes, we want pieces that are really wearable, really usable. Um, I don't know, 10 years ago I was buying the heels that I could barely walk in but I sort of felt like I had to wear them because everyone was wearing them and I'm the biggest fan of yeah wearing your Birkenstocks to the pub or <laughs> um I think feeling comfortable is also I think when you start to feel really stylish because you you know know that you're not going to be worried about whether you can walk in something whether you can sit in something and I think that's that utility in our wardrobes that we're all kind of craving at the moment um especially after a few years of wearing like too much loungewear <laughs>
0: You can find more details at onward.com, and that's O-N-W-U-A-D.com.
2: The world has no shortage of beauty and skincare platforms, but Australian platform Bambi is different. The website only stocks skincare, makeup, and fragrance that adheres to strict ethical and sustainability practices, and part of its mission is to educate, not just provide a shopping opportunity. On it, you'll find products from Australia and overseas. They're all premium quality and they are all cruelty-free. Bambi's founder is Tennille Dunstall and she's with us today in the studio. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start with the name Bambi. It's actually an acronym, I believe. Is that right? It stands for a few things. Yeah, I
3: think when I was creating the name, I had, you know, hundreds different names that I was actually looking at. and. When I went back and had a look at the name, Bambi was at the top of my list. How it came about was I wanted to really build a name that really resonated with my values and beliefs, and that had a real nod to the actual company. So when I think about Bambi, I think about the time that my mum actually took me to watch Bambi at the cinema. It was the Mm -hmm. first time I'd ever gone to watch it, and I really fell in love with animals, the environment... And I just felt like that was the perfect name for this business because it really resonated with me around those key values and beliefs and, you know, we don't have brands that are tested on animals and I just thought it was a really fitting name.
2: Beauty for a Better World, was that was that connected to...? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, Bambi is all about
3: Beauty for a Better World. Yeah. So how we came up with that um tagline I guess is that when we were building the actual vision we wanted it to be around creating a safer more ethical and sustainable world and so that's where we got to with the name.
2: Bambi's different to other beauty and skincare platforms in Australia every product is selected under very strict inclusion and also exclusion guidelines and you highlight that for the customers on the site so what are some of those guidelines?
3: It's really interesting. When we were developing that, I was in consultation with industry experts as well as cosmetic chemists to actually build this model. And so what we came up with was really three key pillars that we needed this model and our standards to actually reflect and those brands to reflect that. We actually analysed over 600 brands. We got down to 21, but, um, yeah, it was really around those key three pillars. So it was green science, so that's all around not having harsh chemicals in it, envi- more environmentally friendly ingredients. So no like parabens, microplastics. And then from a sustainability point of view, it was really around looking at their sustainability um, concepts of their brands. So plastic free, less plastic, refillables, all those different really sustainable items. And even from a Bambi point of view, our packaging is all plastic-free. Even the tape that we use is plastic-free, biodegradable. The boxes are using recyclable products, non-toxic ink. So we've really gone over and above to really bring that sustainability element, not just the expectation of our brands, but also the expectations that we bring from Bambi perspective, which was really important to us. And then the third pillar was really around that ethical stance. So really around the products aren't tested or brands aren't tested on animals, because I think that's one of the, It's a really underlying issue that's out there that doesn't get actually brought to the surface, that a lot of the big brands in Australia still have to be tested on animals overseas. It's banned in Australia, but it happens overseas.
2: Tell us about the eco-friendly sustainability part of the products that you've chosen.
3: Some of the products that we've chosen, for example, are for tuna skin So this is um, an amazing brand from overseas. It is certified organic, natural. And so if you watch documentaries like Kiss the Ground, they really talk about this rejuvenating the actual soil and actually making it work in its natural environment rather than putting chemicals down and really digging into the ground, creating um, loose soil that actually just goes up into the atmosphere. Because at the end of the day, you're buying beauty products that come from a farm. The ingredients come from, um, you know, our farming areas. So that's really important from a sustainability point of
2: view as well. I never thought about it like that. I don't know where I thought they, I mean, I guess a lot of them are synthetic, so they're being made in labs. But, of course, you, you'll see a product advertised and it'll talk about a natural vitamin or some beautiful, I don't know, some oil that's been extracted from some native plant. So it, it had not actually not occurred to me before that they were coming off the land and I envisioned it or, always being in a lab. So you've got 20 local and international brands or you did when you started. Has that stayed the same more or less? 21 now. 21, yep. okay. You said you cut it down from 600. Yes. So yep. is that because they didn't meet the standards across not just the – eco-friendly, sustainability standards, but also the quality standards?
3: I think when you think of um, brands and they say they're clean, there's all different types of definition of Mm. what clean actually means and what natural actually means. So when when we actually dug down into some of the brands, they actually, yeah, they didn't ladder up to our standard of what clean, natural, green science actually is. And so that was really important from us. Also from a transparency point of view that – I think a lot of brands say they're clean, but they don't have really the definition of what that actually means. Mm. So that's why at Bambi, we, it was really important for us to actually have those standards on our website, so consumers can actually go and see it and see what our standards actually are.
2: Yeah, clean is one of those words. What does that mean? And it can also be used, I think, in a in a way. Yeah, it can be used as a catch all. But when you look in, it's like, I don't know what that means. So you've talked about how some of the brands use cutting-edge technology. Uh, One of the things you mentioned was designing a tablet-formulated skincare to save on shipping water. To be, like, can you explain that and what brand does that? Because that just sounds... That sounds far off into the future.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so that's um, Mono Skincare. That brand actually has a tablet and you place it into water. So they've got like a night serum, they've got a pH toner, they've got a natural deodorant. And so you place that tablet into... Um, You could have bought a container that you wanted to put your skincare products in or you can use one of theirs. And you put the tablet into there and you add water to it and it dissolves the actual product and you use it from there. So rather than shipping um, products around the world because you're mostly shipping water, um, they decided to create this tablet which was actually going to create less emissions when shipping the product around the world.
2: It sounds like not only do these to these brands really focus on the science and the technology they're also beautiful to look at it's it, this is a premium site correct like these are these yes. these are products that are that have been considered in terms of the way they look they're aesthetically beautiful I, that must come into your decision when you're making a choice about whether to put it on the platform or not.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think there's a misconception that natural beauty products aren't as effective as luxury, more synthetic products. So um, the platform, it was really around bringing to light these really highly efficient high quality, amazing products to the consumer. And I can say from, you know, shifting away from the pro- the high-end products that I used to use mm. to these more natural, clean products, like I've definitely seen a difference in my skin. And, you know, I've got friends that are, you know, have really testified that also, and consumers, there's re- reviews up around the products that I think these products actually perform even better than those luxury products. Can
2: you give an example of a, you know, mainstream or large-scale manufactured product that you used to use and what you've replaced it with on the platform?
3: Yeah, so one of the ones that I used to use a lot was um, Giorgio Armani, so um, their Luminous Skin. So now I use… Is that a foundation? Yes, foundation. Like an
2: iconic foundation? Yes, yes.
3: Yes. So I have really swapped that for um, the Erin Perez Oat Milk Foundation. There's also a Luke Beauty food. It's Illuminating Glow. So I have I have those two now that I actually use instead of the um, Illumination. And Georgia where are those mining. two
2: brands from?
3: So Erin Perez, she... Um, is an Australian, so that's an Australian brand, and so is Luke, Luke Beauty Food. So that Luke Beauty Food was actually developed by a lady in Australia who is actually a, a um, food scientist. And so a lot of the ingredients that goes into the Luke Beauty um, Glow is actually a lot of food ingredients.
2: You'll find Bambi online, dot iau Thanks for joining us, Tenille. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And that's all we have time for today. Of course, you can stay up to date with what's happening around Sydney at broadsheet.com.au and at broadsheet underscore Sid on Instagram. A Listener Production.